Welcome everyone to another episode of Daybreak Crypto. You have Swiss and Kramer here going over a couple new deals that have recently been announced. Totally unrelated, but we will kick things off with Meow. It's a $22 million Series A round that helps corporate treasurers open up to crypto markets. So if you have a corporate treasury and you want to invest in some DeFi strategies, things like that, You've been able to do things with BlockFi. You've had some exotic strategies that you could do on-chain. But with now, it looks like to me that they're building something similar to BlockFi. So this was founded in 2021 by some former staffers at the crypto exchange Gemini, which the Winklevoss twins, I believe, were both involved in Gemini, yes, but also BlockFi as well. So this startup, it's all about, they boast the yield of up to 4%, which is a lot for cash. Um, BlockFi had, I think, higher back in the good old days. But what's really interesting here is that you have some Gemini-related staff who saw probably the the money that that exchange was making with its BlockFi agreements. And they claim they saw what worked, what didn't work. I really view this deal as a potential BlockFi related because it was led by Tucker Global and then also FTX participated. And we know FTX was involved with the, the refinancings of a bunch of broken DeFi protocols and projects, including BlockFi. So what I realized reading through this all was, okay, this could be a tie-in to how FTX might rebrand BlockFi or tuck in the the acquisition or something like that if they're if they're still going to pull that trigger. Um, what did you think? I don't know. I, I couldn't actually test this product um, since I don't have a treasury to a corporate treasury. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, right. So what did you think when you saw this one? Yeah, so definitely interesting it's it was the first thing that struck me obviously was that they're both the former gemini engineers but also and i think you said this but it was coinbase lux capital um the big one and then gemini frontier fund and you were brought up winklevoss and gemini and it's kind of like betting on you know three horses in the same horse race you have you increase your chances of you know good reward you're kind of hedging your bets and i feel like that's what most of these bigger funds are doing that are investing in these, you know, pre-seeds and series A's, you know, you get enough money on the horses, kind of like we talked about last week, where you only really need one or two of them to outperform, um, to, you know, make a decent profit. But what maybe you can explain to me, there's a quote in here. Um, I'm just going to say the whole thing. It says, with the rise in globalization and the increasing use of Web3 infrastructure, businesses are increasingly facing the need to transact in more than their native currency. So does that just mean like outside of USD? I, I mean, think so. United States company, right? So they're just meaning like crypto coins? <clears throat> I think probably both. Okay. Um, I think what they're noting here is, well, I don't know it's if they're little, talking about interchain, if, it's, if they're talking about interchain or if they're talking about fiat currency. But yeah. Yeah. I think the goal is to, to recognize, I mean, this one bullet point that they grew corporate assets under management to nearly a hundred million dollars in less than six months is extremely impressive. But I would wonder what time frame that's measured under, because this deal is announced today, 
or uh, two days ago, which means that it likely was being diligenced and closed upon months ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering how much of this was, uh, how much of the money had been wired in already when the market started to really go south, um, because some of these deals take time. But I don't, you know, maybe maybe it was well after the the downturn began. But um, what what I really think is is going on there with the native currencies, just the the acknowledgement that there's more companies getting into crypto. To they're, they're using these tools to get exposure to crypto assets. Yeah, I mean, initially, I mean, what was the website that was offering the, was it Anchor? So it was doing like 8% or like 18%? Well, yeah, Anchor was like 20 and then BlockFi had, I think, 85 to 10%. Yeah. But Anchor was obviously decentralized uh, to a degree and then BlockFi was very centralized. So yeah. with FTX's recent involvement in BlockFi, um, you know, I think, I, and then with this, I mean, this, their ability to do like market making and credit lending as a dominant exchange at FTX is significant, their ability to do that kind of thing. So if they can wrap it up in these kind of UXs and, and these different customer segments with these acquisitions and these, well, it's not an acquisition, this is Series A, but this could get interesting in that regard. That's that's what I think is going on here. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um I mean, it's only the Series A, so over the next couple of years, we'll probably see this play out, huh? Yeah, I would love to talk to them. I think um, there's just not a lot of information that I'm seeing. Like, their blog is very light. Uh There's not a lot of... Yeah, there's no... um, Maybe it's in the terms of service, which I didn't read in great detail, but there's no real explanation of, like, what they're doing. Like, what... Right. There's no product pictures... um, so maybe I'll try to get in line and open an account and get a better view. But there's not a lot of information on what they're doing. Yeah, because I mean, I'd assume these corporate treasuries would want like a pool of different currencies, whether it's, you know, fiat or crypto. Uh, exactly. To make sure that if one goes down, you're still earning yield on the coin that didn't shit the bed. Right. And so with these... After, yeah. If they have FTX and Coinbase involved, that tells me that they're probably working with those exchanges, mm-hmm. um, leveraging their collateral in some way. But yeah, um, I guess the only other thing that really differentiated them in my eyes was the testimonial section. They have a lot of nice names, um, well-respected names, giving them high praise. So, you know, if if these investors can just kind of rebrand that that strategy, that block by strategy with, with a new product that's trusted. And if they do something like slightly different, you know, and if they really cover their tracks um, to make regulators happy, this could be a big play. So, um, yeah. 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 And no, I mean, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. It's kind of like, it's kind of a perfect time for companies like this to be launching because they can say, you know, well, we learned so much from the last six to eight months and this and this and this and this is what they did wrong. And this is how we're fixing all of those. It's a lot better of a pitch now than any other time over the last half year. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, well, I am going to cover Hang, uh, which raised $16 million in a new Series A round. Uh, it was founded back in 2021 by Matt and Sam Smullen. They're based out of Santa Monica, California. 
So the Rays came, it was led by uh, Paradigm as well as Tiger Global, Night Ventures, Good Friends, uh, Kevin Durant's 35 Ventures, and Tony Hawk, funny enough. Um, I can't find any true numbers on the first three rounds, but what I'm finding is that a venture round back in June of 21, and then it says they had two seed rounds sprinkled in before this Series A. And basically what Hang's aiming to do is build a client base of brands and kind of help them leverage NFTs to replace the existing membership and loyalty programs. So far, they're boasting that they have worked with Budweiser, Bleacher Report, uh, whoever runs Superfly Music Festival and Pinkberry. And an interesting quote was, the reality is that most brand loyalty programs aren't that great. And often they just offer a way to more directly spam a user through different forms of communication, which I honestly couldn't agree more. Um, most of the loyalty programs I'm a part of, I've either unsubscribed or don't really care about it. And basically what they're trying to do is, you know, leverage NFTs into whether you buy or get a free NFT, you level up with either how much money you spend, the events that you go to, the seats that you buy to a concert or a tour or, you know, a sporting event. Um, so, and then making those resellable so that, you know, as you're going to these events, somebody could say, you know, I want a gold level, whatever NFT badge, and they could buy it from you. And they're planning on, you know, coming out with a marketplace where you're able to trade these NFTs in the future. They do not have that up right now, but a quote directly, uh, from the website says flows, no code contract builder and automated art generator. Make it easy and intuitive for brands to quickly spin up NFT memberships. And like I told you earlier, they have Ethereum, Solana, and Polygon as a graphic on the side. I wasn't able to really mess around with it. The website is kind of bare bones right now, to be honest. But um, it makes it interesting if they take the tech out of it. I wonder you know, if it really matters what chains they run on and how wide that net is cast um what were your initial thoughts on this dylan yeah what i was trying to figure out with this is how is nft technology suited for large brands or not like there's two angles to the nft thesis i think you have on the one end engagement with customers and then on the other end you have like customers i'm sorry um creators engaging with their fans like a much more grassroots level. And so I'm just wondering if NFT technology is going to be better for one or the other there mm -hmm. in terms of this way, in terms of marketing. Cause like why are they just, you know, thinking that everybody's going to have a crypto wallet and everybody's going to prefer to have loyalty and reputation points in their crypto wallet instead of just their app. Like, I don't know. Um, I don't really feel like this is that innovative. I mean, how, how are they going to make that experience so much better just by having it as an NFT? All the spam and the communications and um, the loyalty program. Like, how, I don't know how it gets so much better here. Yeah, and I'm, I'm honestly not 100% sure other than, like, you know, the implementation of a marketplace where you're able to, like, sell. But the question, you have to be able to sell something, you need somebody that wants to buy it. And I don't really see that. Like I could maybe see like, and this is a horrible example, but like Bob Marley level star back in the day. And like, if you went to his very first concert and were able to get that in like an NFT form, 
it's almost some would say like having a signed Bob Marley or like some really cool nostalgic shit. But again, you have to find somebody with a like mind that values it the same way that you do. And if it's an open market, I mean, to be honest, at this moment, I don't really see a lot of people spending a ton of money on there. But I think what they're aiming for is basically so like say you're working with Budweiser, you there's like a team from Budweiser that works with a team from Hang and they basically come up with the NFT art together. They come up with, you know, whether it's going to be free or what they're going to charge and the different levels of everything. And they kind of do that all in hang so that Budweiser doesn't have to, you know, really think about it outside of these options are presented to me. What do I want to do? So, I mean, I definitely think that there's a market for that because, you know, a lot of bigger corporations and web two brands are starting to take it a little bit more seriously with the metaverse and everything, even with every, all the user base going down and NFT prices going down over the last six months. But it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, it's kind of like blockchain gaming for me. You know, in theory, it works, but you have to have people that want to use it. Yep, yep. Because for this, what I that's interesting though. If they're building some kind of SaaS, like a software tool, right? That you you can consult with clients like those big brands, and everybody can just do the whole order through this, this scalable technology that's the scalable portal. That's super interesting. I still, I just wonder if, if these things are better left for like small brands, like micro brands, like micro brews, for example, like is Budweiser really going to be able to connect with their audience through NFTs is very hard. Like I, I'm very, it's hard for me to be able to say yes. Like, yeah. How, how would they do that? You know, it's like events, I guess, like events that they sponsor, concerts they sponsor, um, in the but micro that brands that they own, probably. I mean, just like thinking about the domestic, those big, big brands, like I'm, I'm hard pressed to think that they're going to get like the average consumer interacting with them through an NFT. Yeah. Um, adding on to that, just because I know this from working where I work. So Budweiser owns this, brewery in Denver called Breckenridge Brewery. And uh, like you said, you know, think of the smaller like micro companies, would they be able to sell them? And I think that they would have a better chance selling them in like kind of more niche markets, but it completely takes away that mass population marketplace where like people are bidding and spending money on NFTs that other people, you know what I mean? Have leveled. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I don't really see I don't really see that happening. Yeah. I'm losing my voice a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of sick, but um, that's, that's a good point. And I think that it's like a, it's a marketing play. So yeah. this could be a tool to use for marketing for your smaller brands, or you, you have a niche marketing segment that you might be gearing up for an ad campaign or something. And this is one way you could spend on that. Um, if you're trying to acquire crypto native users for a certain thing, like that's, that's cool. Um, this would be a good way to do it. And I, I wanted to just like add a asterisk to what I was saying earlier. I think that's mostly a commentary on the way NFT technology looks right now. Uh, I'm trying to like imagine a way that this is scalable and really interesting because these deals keep happening. Like there's a lot of money getting thrown into this still, right? And I would love to see their pitch deck or something. You know, like what are they, what are they saying that they're going to do or how? How are they going to, like, what's their vision for making this experience so better? 
Um, yeah. I'm super curious. Um, we can cut this out if I want, but I'm just thinking out loud. So, like, I'm just thinking, like, United and, like, flying memberships. And say, you know, you've had your United membership for 30 years and you've got, you know, 10 million miles on it. I think there would be a marketplace for that, even if it was, like, you know, four or five times the regular cost to be in a regular United membership. You know what I mean? Just because of yeah. that. So it's, that is something that you can take kind of across industries and kind of throw in there to see if it'll work. But that's like one thing where I could maybe see it working just because you're paying for something that is more than the regular value. So there's speculation to the price, which means that it could be valuable to the right people. But um, I would need to expand into other industries because that's really uh, all I could think of. Well, the yeah, because because that makes sense. Like that use case makes sense, and um, like I wonder, would then United run a marketplace for that and charge a commission on every sale? Like you what's United? So. You would think they would like open up their own company to do that, right? Otherwise, there'd be no incentive. Really, I mean, I, I'm just like super curious. No, I agree about what that would mean for uh, a potential cash flow segment for them. Like it, would it even be meaningful? I would, I would guess kind of not, but I don't know. Like, I don't I think mean, if it's big enough, they could just fucking make the money off of fees. Just like these marketplaces. Correct. But like, is everybody going to be, is there going to be demand for people to trade United memberships? True. True. Is my kind of thing. And, um, I just would wonder what the market equilibrium would look like where like what kind of volume that kind of exchange would have. Uh, this is the open question. Obviously we wouldn't know until it was built, but like, is that meaningful enough for these brands? Are they going to make enough return to invest time and capital into these new strategies is, is the big question I have and only time is going to answer that one. Exactly. And that kind of got us off base because hang is technically labeled as a music industry. Uh, company or startup so either way they're not going to be talking to united but you know good uh good thoughts for down the road but that's uh about all we got for this episode today break crypto i appreciate uh you joining me swiss and i think we're gonna catch everybody again on friday